Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, Hello. everyone. How are you, Nikki Kinzer? I'm good. Have you been, have you been working out? No, but I'm going to this <laughs> afternoon. That's good. <laughs> I and, and the reason we're laughing at that is because I was just telling Pete, I, had to, I called Comcast this morning to add a fitness channel, and we couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. Guillaume. Giam. 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 And neither one of us had it right. <laughs> and then at the end of the call, so we're kind of laughing about it, right? And and then at the end of the call, she says, so, okay, in about an hour, you'll be able to to have, you know, access to over 200 hours of fitness. And I'm like, great. So that means that, or that means that pretty much I have to work out today. And she's like, yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for, not for all 200 hours. No. I mean, let's not no. get crazy. That's yeah, pretty funny. So, yes, I'm working out today. Yes. That's, that's good for say. you. It's good for you. It makes, yeah. you, makes you stronger. And I have 200 hours to choose from. Like, I have lots of choices now. <laughs> There's no excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Uh, we're going to be, gosh, what, we're going to be talking about, uh, we got a listener call, and that's inspired many responses today, overwhelm and prioritizing tolerations and all sorts of good stuff. But before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right now on the website, or you can subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage and get an email each week when uh, the latest episode goes live. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD and call us like this great listener did today. Leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD and get your voice, your thoughts, your questions on this show. We really do love hearing from you. All right. So first, we want to start off with a little bit of follow-up from last week. Yes. Uh, I just want to clarify a little bit about where I stated last week that I disagreed with you because it's not that I really disagree with you. Um, I agree with everything that, that Pete said about tolerations and what I've said about tolerations, um, you know, taking the donations out, fixing the stove, all of those things are tolerations and no one needs to feel obligated to go any bigger or deeper than that if they don't want to. Uh, where I think I've changed my my opinion a little bit from where I was two years ago to where I, what I said last week is just the definition of what I see a toleration being. And that's expanded for me. Um, you know, I, and it probably stems from my coaching 
it just being a coach for the last two years and, and seeing people come to me with their tolerations and seeing, you know, some big ones and some small ones. And, you know, it's just really how you define the word. There isn't any right or wrong here. And so I just kind of wanted to throw that out there that, you know, whether you call it a toleration, a project, it really doesn't matter. I think our point in talking about this stuff is just to recognize that when something's not making you happy, let's figure out what what do you need to do to to change it? Well, I can I can certainly see that. I think that I've been thinking about this this week as we've been talking about it kind of in back channels. And I, I think the question I would have for you, you know, when we talk about um, uh, we talk about my sort of limited, more limited definition of a toleration um, compared to yours, which is expanding. I'm having trouble seeing what a toleration is not for you. Like when, because if really, I mean, anything could become a toleration, then what are the limits on your definition of tolerations? I don't know if I have any, to be honest with you. I don't know if they're clear or cut to be, you know, um, that's a great question. It would be something I'd have to think about. I, I really don't know if I have clear limits. You know, I don't, it's just not as black and white for me, I guess, is that, um, and maybe it goes to priorities, like how much it's bothering you. Maybe that would be where I would kind of draw the line. Like yeah. if, it, if it really doesn't bother me, but it's a project that I have to do, that, and then maybe that's not really a toleration to me. It's just something that I that I don't care about. Well, and that's certainly that's <laughs> something you don't care about. Well, and I, I think that's an important thing. I mean, like, the, and that's, I think the degree of care and the degree of pain that it is causing you is an important part of the definition. For me, the, the knobs, you know, I, I found a solution around the knobs, my oven, which is pliers. And you know what? It worked really, really well. That was a solution that got by and it, it saved me from having to do something. It's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous solution to, to a problem that is fixable and that ended up taking just a little bit of research and a few phone calls until the oven eventually died, but, but it, it worked. And that became a toleration because I began to tolerate the ridiculousness of it. That for me is really central to this definition. At which point do I begin to tolerate how ridiculous my, this, this thing is in my life and the pain that it's causing me and grow numb to it. And, and, uh, so that, that's the limit for me. Um, and, and, uh, because it was just easy, it's easy to go blind to it, but it actually gets to the question that comes from, uh, the, uh, wonderful Heather from Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes. Because she asks if there's a third category. Let's, let's hear from Heather. Hey, Pete and Nikki, this is Heather calling from Pennsylvania. I have another category that I put in there, which are things that you've committed to doing on a regular basis and then have just become that kind of procrastination thing that you can never uh, seem to get it done, and it's, you know, at the back of your mind is that wallpaper all the time hanging over you that, oh, I made this commitment to do this, and I haven't been keeping up. And sometimes for me, it's a commitment that I've made to other people that may not be, you know, life or death, but, you know, I've told my extended family that I'm going to make uh, a family newsletter four times a year, and I did it for many, uh, many years, and then life got too busy, and I wasn't able to keep up with it anymore. And so I have all this information I've collected from family members that I have not done anything with yet. Um, and sometimes it's something that you've committed to yourself. Like I like to review every book that I read on Goodreads, or I like to uh, write a certain, uh, fill out a certain survey, record my thoughts about the year every year on New Year's, and I've gotten behind on those. And I think having ADHD, um, we kind of tend to fall into these things because we ha don't have a good sense of how much of time things are going to take, so we make commitments that we can't keep. And also we get 
really excited about a project the first time we do it, but then when you're trying to do it on a regular basis, it's not as exciting anymore. It's not as novel anymore. Um, so I'm just wondering if you all have any advice. Would you consider those category of things to be tolerances? And what is the solution? Is the solution to make yourself do it and get it done, uh, to build a routine around getting it done, or is it to get out of these commitments that you've made that, that you've over overbooked yourself and kind of find a graceful way to wrap it up and not just leave it hanging. So in my opinion, I definitely see this as being a toleration. Uh, you know, she asks us, Pete and I, uh, what our opinion is for a solution. And she offers three, you know, solutions. And, you know, I think that my least favorite a solution is making yourself do it. Right. I mean, what do you think? Oh, it's like, horrible. I, I, that, make, that causes my gut such great pain. Yeah. Like I heard her say that. I'm like, no, that's not a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's not because that's just not a fun way to live. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are don't... things there are things that fit into that category that cause my gut pain and I have to do. And those things are like my taxes. Exactly. You know? Like those. Are, I don't want to associate things that that deal with like people that I love, like my family. You know, in this case, she mentions this quarterly family newsletter or, or you know, something. Like that. I don't want that to fall in the same category as taxes. No, that, I agree. That's painful. It, and it's just an uphill battle because everything that she was talking about, the procrastination and, you know, all of that's just going to be worse because it, it, yeah, you're feeling forced and that's just not a good, not a good way to live. You know, I think that the routine could have some merit to it if, if it's still something that you're interested in doing. So if she's still kind of interested in the family newsletter, but, you know, feels like maybe she's taken too much with it being quarterly, you know, is there a way to, to maybe tweak the expectations. So instead of having it quarterly, could she do it just annually or maybe not make it as detailed or even delegate pieces of it to other family members, if mm -hmm. that would help her, but anything to kind of decrease some of the pressure, but still make it fun for you. Then I think a routine could certainly, you know, help. Um, the third option, you know, getting out of the commitment is probably where I would lean if it's really something that that's bothering you and, and it's just weighing you down. Um, you know, I think that that if it was me, that's probably what I would end up doing because we we get to choose how we how we need and want to spend our time. And if this isn't working for her, uh, I would just respectfully get out of the, the commitment. You know, I would let the people know what's going on. I would be o open and honest and transparent about it. Um and I think you have to kind of be at a point where you're okay if you disappoint someone because, you know, I have, I have no idea anything about her family, but, you know, if she has that mother-in-law or that mother or that sister who's like, but you have to, you know, I mean, that's pressure. Yeah. And, and I think you have to be okay with maybe disappointing someone. There is this, this concept of sort of not letting it land on you, their emotional response to, to their disappointment in you. It's not your disappointment, right? It's not yours to own. And if you can, if you can sort of build up that callous, and, and I don't mean become calloused, but build up that callous to not let someone else's garbage land on you, then, then you're kind of in a much, a much better place, a much more stable place, I think. But if there's anything, I mean, I think you just nailed it. Like change the scope of the project if it's something that is important to you, uh, or, or get out of it. Like there are all sorts of wonderful solutions to automating, to thinking creatively about taking contributions from other family members. So you don't have to write it. I love that you bring up delegation, technological solutions. 
solutions? Is it really a newsletter? Does it, does that involve printing? Can you just do it online? Like what would save you time to sort of grease the skids to get it done if it's important to you? But if it's not, it is so much better to be honest and clear with the people that are counting on you and tell them you're not going to be able to live up to this expectation and you need to let it go than to just sit there and let everybody else think that you're still thinking about it when really you're not. The only thing you're thinking about when you think about it is the pain that it's causing you that you're not doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And it's not even at that point, it's not even, um, it's not even a toleration for me because you never really go numb to it right? Yeah. It, it, it falls out of that category. If it's something that's just there and is absorbed into your life, then, then it's, then it's a toleration. If it's not, it it becomes a real stress. It becomes a project that you're not able to, to make good on. And that's a, that's different. That's a problem. And that causes you, you know, emotional and eventually physical stress. Don't let that pile up. Absolutely. I agree very much. So, well, and then later I would say about now, this is a a different question that was asked via email. Um, somebody had asked saying that, you know, I have so many projects, I have so much clutter and so many tolerations. How do I get from a place of overwhelm toward a place of feeling more in control and progressing forward? And I thought, well, what a great topic for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What a great follow-up. Right. I love because it. This, this is a little bit about what we talked about last week too, with, with some of the, the things that were coming up for you with when do I, when do I have time, you know, to plan this trip that I want to do. And, and, um, you know, we kind of talked about priorities a little bit. And so I'm not going to necessarily, um, well, I guess we will talk a little bit about priorities, but I just have a few tips for people to kind of get out of the overwhelm when you're dealing with, you know, all of this clutter, projects, tolerations. Uh, and I think for me, the first thing that I do is I, I, I need to identify what I'm feeling. So if I am overwhelmed, and especially with my anxiety, I need to sit there and just say, you know what, I am feeling this way. Like, and I can feel it in my stomach. I lose my appetite. I'm jumpy. I'm really unsettled. And I have to just take a second. And I'll even tell my husband, I'm feeling anxious and I can't figure out why, or I need to figure out why. And I can usually, well, usually you do kind of figure it out. Like, you know, what's nagging you. And then you kind of can figure out what you need to do to, to deal with it. Uh, with these projects and tolerations, I think that one of the, the key things you can do right away is do a brain dump and we've talked about this before and just general productivity, you know, with tasks and getting things done is you got to get it out of your head and onto paper. And, uh, one of the common complaints I hear from our concerns, really not even a complaint. It's a concern that I hear from clients is they're so worried that they're going to forget about something. Oh yes. You know? And so this is, this is one way to sort of trap everything that's in your head onto paper. And if you do think of something later on, you can always add to the list, right? There's, right, right. It, it's never just definite. Um, but definitely that's the, the first step is just get it out on paper. And then I think when it comes to projects or tolerations or even like spaces that you want to declutterize, you got to prioritize the top three. So you're taking this master list and you're looking at what is the most important thing to you right now. And you know, whenever we talk about priorities, the first thing I always tell people is look at your hard deadlines. You know, that's a clear cut priority, right? Taxes. Yeah. 
April 15th. That's a hard deadline. If you've got people coming over to your house or you have a party planned, that's a hard deadline. So really look at those things to kind of prioritize uh, what those top three things are. Look at how other people are affected by what is on your list. And, you know, you can also kind of think about what would be the most impactful, not only to them, but for you. And what's the easiest to tackle so that you feel good? Because I want to get you out of the overwhelm. And so pick something that's just easy and that will make you feel good. So at the end of the evening, you can say, I'm moving forward. I like it. I, you know, it's funny. I, I want to step back just a bit to the identify it and brain dump stages because I think they're so, so important. And, and I, my experience, and, and again, you know, others experience with sort of dealing with their ADHD and anxiety are, are obviously unique. And so, but I can tell you my experience, uh, if, when I start feeling that sort of that fidgety, that sort of, oh my gosh, there's something sitting in my stomach and I, I can't figure out what it is. As soon as I start to write, and I write all the things that come top of mind, there's, there is invariably one thing that is really hard to write down. Hmm. It's, it's the one thing that is, it is, it is like a force of nature, uh, preventing my pen from hitting the paper and writing that next bullet. And that's the thing that's causing the lump in my stomach. That's the thing that I want to keep in my head and sort of cherish it. Maybe I'm afraid I'm not going to forget it. Maybe it's important. Maybe I'm scared to do it. Maybe I need to learn something before I do it. I'm not, I don't, I don't have confidence that I'm going to be able to do it to a level of quality that I, I experience. but that's the thing that's causing me the stress. And I have to find a way to write it down. And I think, I really believe, at least for me, that's a muscle. You have to exercise that muscle and why it is so important to make a regular, you know, weekly, if not daily effort to brain dump. You know, I, we've talked before, I try to do it every day in a daily review. At the end of the day, I review what's in my head, what's on my list, get it into OmniFocus, organized for the next day. But if I, um, you know, if I let it sit and simmer, it will, it will build up and it'll be the thing that's nearly impossible to write. Interesting. It takes a lot of effort to get that out of my pen. And so it's, it's really a powerful step to, to make a brain dump, uh, a regular part of my uh, routine. So I have a question for you then, because my, my next step is, you know, after you prioritize those top three projects, I want, it, it seems natural then to break those projects down into action steps. But I'm curious to know that when you actually put that project that you are avoiding down on paper, how do you break it down to action steps? What is your process to, to make that happen for you? Well, I go into, uh, you know, I do it all in OmniFocus. Once I get the list out, you know, I go into the sort of OmniFocus is very nice sort of outline view, you know, and I have, I put the the major projects as major tasks and then I can indent subtasks underneath those major projects. And, and, uh, you know, what I, once I get the major projects on paper, the things that I'm, I'm struggling with figuring out, um, it, you, the subtext usually tasks usually come pretty quickly. Uh, and I can just type, 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 return, type, 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 return, and just end up with a list of things that I know will contribute to achieving that top line goal. Um, you know, so that piece of it doesn't bother you. Not you, at all. You're, no, you're not I, at a roadblock there. Yeah. No, actually okay. breaking things down is, is something that I've gotten pretty good at. And, but, but it's, if it's getting over the hump of anxiety and stress about not, not having my brain cleared. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I think that's a really important connection, right? Like part of the reason it's so hard to break down tasks, big tasks into actions is that your brain isn't clear to do it. And in my experience, once I'm able to get all the tasks, the big stuff out, the, the knots out of my stomach, my brain is clear 
and much more creative and adaptable and uh, able to to you know clear out the cruft and get the the actual work documented pretty easily well and you know as you're talking about that what comes to my mind is you've almost now accepted that yes that project that i was sort of avoiding i'm it's here now i've accepted yeah. this and so the the next steps for you you know like you said come pretty naturally one one thing that i've seen is that it doesn't always come natural for everyone and so i i would recommend that if it doesn't come natural for you that it is okay to get a different perspective get somebody that's outside of the project and talk to them about it. This is what I want to do. I'm not exactly sure what the first step is or what the next step is. And having somebody else kind of work through that with you can can certainly help um, break those things down so that you do know clearly what it is that you need to do. Because procrastination, a lot of times what happens is because you don't know what the next step is. And we will talk about procrastination next week, so I don't want to yeah. go into great detail about it right now. But a lot of times that's where the paralysis is. I, I totally agree. You know, it's funny. I I have you know I'm uh, when I teach when I teach in the at the university here. I I uh, one of the things I give to one of the tips I give to writers is a tip that was given to me uh, twenty years ago by an editor that I still use uh, quite uh, regularly, and it's something that reminds me of the body double uh, that we talk about regularly on the show. It's this idea that you know if you have a, a pay, an essay that you've written and you really want to catch. You know, you really want to edit it. Sometimes when you read your own work, you can't, you can't figure it out. You can't figure, you can't catch everything, all the mistakes. So you give it to another person and just ask them to read it. Don't ask them to proofread it. Just ask them to read it aloud to you. And by doing that, when you hear them trip, when you hear them fall reading your words, when you hear them repeat themselves, when you hear them slow down, you know, you have something to work on. You know, you have something to edit. I, I think that tool that that process that that sort of step of having that outside perspective is the same thing yeah. uh, in this case H- sitting down and saying look i have this major bit of work and i just need you to reflect on it i don't need you to to prioritize for me i don't need you to uh, you know, I don't need you to come up with additional work for me. I just need you to just look at this task list, read this task list out loud and let me know, I, you know, I'm going to be able to hear it. When I hear your voice reading it, it'll be outside of my own head voice. I'll be able to make some, some more clear assessments of my own work. I think that's a really uh, interesting step. No, oh, it's great. Great. Uh, it's a great tool to use, especially in writing. I love that. Yeah, Thank because you. you're not yeah. you're not asking the, anybody for judgment. You're no. just just asking for the use of their voice. Yeah, hearing it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the last thing that I want to talk about, which I think is is so important, because whenever you're talking about overwhelm, stress, anxiety, all of that stuff, we have to look at how we're taking care of ourselves, and that is like the last thing that people do. It's like we are so easy to to put ourselves last. Um, but when you are feeling this overwhelm and anxiety, then you know my question would be just check yourself. You know, what are your stress management? Uh, techniques and tools. And if you don't have any, you got to find some. Uh, it's that important. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so because it will, it will, it's just a bad thing, right? We all know that. Um, but take a few seconds, seconds to just breathe. You know, this is so simple and you've probably have read it in a million different places, but just get yourself back in the present moment. You know, take a few deep breaths, remind yourself you can only do one thing at a time. You're doing the best you can. Um, if meditation is something you like to do, that's a great way to center yourself, exercise, drinking water, grabbing a healthy snack, you know, and one of the things that I want to point out, you and I have been working on a project for the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that you suggested 
when we were in between our work was to, to take a break and actually go outside. And we did that and we would, you know, take a few breaths of fresh air, you know, talk about the flowers, you know, whatever, and then get back into work. And that makes us such a big difference. And I've been telling people now, especially the students that I work with, that when you're studying, take a break. But that doesn't mean that you go onto Facebook or you check your email. It means you get out from your seat, you walk outside, you take a couple of breaths, you walk around a little bit, and then you go back inside. And just to see the difference that that does for you. Um, Because transferring your attention or focus from, you know, one device to the other is not really what we're talking about. Right. That's that's not a break. That's ridiculous. That's not a a break. Uh, I'm so so glad that works for you. It does. And I just want to say thank you, Pete, because now I do it. I I did it yesterday because right now we have beautiful weather here in the Northwest. And um, I've been working on a project that's, you know, definitely chaining me to my computer. And so I've been, I've been walking outside and Thinking of you. Oh, that's awesome. Flowers, yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I want to share that with our listeners because I think it's it's important. So. Well, you know, I think that's a that's a relatively new tool for me in in my bag of tricks, and I but I love it. I love the idea of of changing contexts. I think it it really helps me to to re not to completely exhaust focus on whatever it is I need to work on. The other thing that I kind of related to that is to work in sprints, and that's something that I I, I don't think that we're all that good at as people yet either. You know, there's this thing that there's a sense that when you have a giant project, you just need to muscle through it and get it done. And you keep your laptop open all day and all night until you, until you get finished. And, and when I find that I'm able to break up the work into tasks that are small enough that I can actually achieve them in, you know, 15 to 20 minutes and then take three minutes to walk around outside, um, then I'm much more efficient at achieving all the tasks over time. Um, so perforating well, the work that, that way is a great ADHD strategy that I, that I've learned in my coaching, um, training. And so I'm glad you bring that up because that I think is really good for the, for the ADHD brain. To, I'm into to, that, that sister. Yeah. Sprints. Sprints. That's good. All right. So that's, that's it, it for right? Tonight. Yeah. Or for today. Tonight. Excellent. Tonight. It's, tonight. it's, it's in the morning when we're recording this. Don't but. forget to tip your servers. That's right. Uh, this has been awesome. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget to uh, give us a ring, 503-664-4ADD, and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>